Well, good morning, everyone. Um, you know, I appreciate so much the, the worship this morning. It's always a reminder of kind of the picture of the kingdom of heaven. We're in the series, Thy Kingdom Come, and many times it's really hard to conceptualize things that aren't and the things that God talks about. Sometimes it's much easier to kind of see it in pictures and feel it when, when you, you know God's spirit is there. You're like, okay, I'm starting to get it. And so we are continuing on with this series, and we've been looking at these stories that Jesus told about the kingdom of heaven. Because Jesus gives us all these pictures and images, and he's saying, this is what my kingdom, my will, my desire for your life is like. And it's, it's in direct contradiction to the world that we live in and the world that we know. Over the past couple of weeks, we've looked at some of these stories. The first week, we looked at the, the, the parable of the yeast and the parable of the mustard seed, where Jesus kind of tells us that the importance of something is not necessarily contained in what everybody else views. It's not necessarily something that's big or huge or grandiose. The importance of something can be very small, but it can grow into something big. And so it's like changes our perception and changes our outlook on things uh, of the importance of certain things. Last week, we talked about the hidden treasure and the pearl, where Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a very valuable pearl or a hidden treasure. And he's, he was talking about value. And he was talking about worth, what is really, really important as opposed to what the world views as really important. Today we're going to read a story about the workers in the field. And Jesus really gets at and starts digging in on something that is really personal to all of us. And that's the issue of fairness. And he's kind of, in all of these stories, he's kind of flipping around what our expectations are of life. And he's saying, it's not exactly what you may think it is. Life is not exactly like that. Now, I understand that this is what people pursue. I understand this is the kingdoms that people build up, the kingdoms of this world. But remember, my kingdom is not of this world. What's important, what's valuable, and what is fair is different in God's mind than the things that sometimes we hold up as important, valuable, and even fair. And so Jesus is going to challenge us a bit today. And I want to watch a video that doesn't have a necessarily direct correlation to the story. But I think it sets up the conversation of how sometimes we view the world and we view fairness differently than the way God would. Watch this.
forget the interest. I like the line, and it's not just because I'm German. Dude, he brought the pie. Um, I don't know. I can't do a German accent. Um, too many generations removed. But um, anyways, that picture of what is really important, what is really ours, and Jesus is going to get at that a little bit today. Um, we're going to read in Matthew chapter 20, but before we do, I want to kind of set the stage in Matthew chapter 19. Because there's a conversation that leads into the parable that we're going to look at today. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus has a couple of these little interactions. And he uses the same phrases, the kingdom of heaven, in Matthew chapter 19. In Matthew chapter 19, there's this encounter where uh, there's kids that are coming towards Jesus. And other people are wanting to kind of shoo them away. And Jesus makes the statement, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When people are saying, you know what? Children are unimportant. Jesus said, are you kidding me? The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. And then a little bit later, right after that, we have this encounter where Jesus interacts with a wealthy man who is kind of looking for direction from Jesus. And it's a reference that I made, I made a mention of last week where Jesus um, is talking to the man and he sees that the struggle with this man is kind of his wealth and giving up his possessions and kind of focusing on material things. And um, he really is kind of digging in on that. And Jesus says, all right, well, if you want to be perfect, go sell in your, all your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So there you go. If you, if, you, if you want help, like kind of sorting things out in life, why don't you just go give away some all your great wealth? And then the person who heard this, the young man heard this, went away sad because he had great wealth. 
And Jesus looked around to his disciples and said, Truly I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then later, as his disciples are sorting this out, he's saying, yes, it is possible, of course, for people with wealth to, to, to come to God. Um, but he was pointing at kind of the sacrifice and the change of mindset required to really understand God's kingdom. And the disciples look at him and say, how about us? We gave up everything. And Jesus replies, and everyone who has left houses, brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times and as much, and will inherit, inherit eternal life. But for many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. And so he's explaining something, and he's not... He's not making direct commands for us to sell everything. He's not making direct commands to lead. That's, that's contradictory and not uh, out of context for what Jesus is trying to, the point he's trying to make. He's trying to say priorities and what matters in my kingdom is significantly different than what matters to you. The things that matter to me are significantly different. The way the world works is significantly different. And this line kind of sums it up. Many who are first will be last. And many who are last will be first. The economy of God's kingdom will be flipped on its head. The people who are viewed as last and last place and doing things that are insignificant will sometimes be brought to the front of the line, at, you know, in the end, in God's kingdom. And some of the people who rule and seem to be the most successful in this life will unfortunately be last in God's kingdom. Because there is a different mindset and a different way of looking at the kingdom of heaven. And so it's with that context and these kind of interactions that we get Matthew 20. And actually, to, I mean, even set the context even more, because our world is so much different from their world, a common prayer in that era and in that time was this. Some of the religious leaders would regularly pray the prayer and say, God, I thank you that I'm not a woman, that I'm not a child, and that I'm not a dog. And that, they thought, was a wonderful prayer because they were saying, God, thank you, I'm a man. And that is what is important in this world because men rule the world, right? Jesus is picking at their worldview and is contradicting what they have to say. And when he's gathering children around, they're like, what is he doing? What is he doing? When he's talking to women, as he does in many places, and he teaches women and stuff, they're like, what are you doing? And when he, there's a rich man that just walks away, and they see Jesus, who's not wealthy. They're like, what are you doing? And Jesus says, you don't understand. The first will be last, and the last will be first. Your world is different. Your kingdom is different than my kingdom. So that's kind of the context, and Jesus tries to explain it, all of these things that are going on with this story. And this is what happens directly after. So Matthew chapter 20, 
verses 1 through 16, Jesus says this. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the for his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those who came were hired first, they expected to receive more. When they received it, they began to grumble, or, but each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us. Uh, to us who have been born, who have borne the burden of work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the, to the one who has hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or, or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. You see, Jesus is explaining all the things that the disciples and other people are struggling with. You know, from school playgrounds to sports fields to halls of Congress, the world often shouts, that is not fair, right? Don't, don't everybody have that complaint in one way or another from all kinds of perspectives People have the idea in their mind, life is not fair. And many times we look for fairness in the world. And we're looking for something that says, that is just, that is right, that is fair. And it kind of gives our world more peace. And it kind of like brings things back. And it's like, okay, I can continue on because now I know the world is fair. When there's justice served, that is is a good day for all of us. From the time you're a little kid to whatever role you're at, that's important to us. And it's valuable to us. And often what we do for fairness in a world sometimes it is unfair is we look to God. And we look to God and we say, God, you need to make things right because this world is not fair. There's things I see around me that is unfair. 
There's things all the time where, where some people seem to be getting ahead and they're doing it the wrong way. That's not fair. God, I'm looking to you to sort this out. And in some ways, people get into trouble with this thinking in some regard. People get into trouble with this thinking, really looking to, for God to level the playing field and make things fair. People have gotten into all kinds of weird uh, ways of thinking with this, where they said, you know what? Like, all of a sudden a hurricane comes and wipes out a city, and people start saying, you know why that happened? is because God was leveling the playing field because they were bad people. And that's how sometimes people throughout history have thought. It's like God will work it out in one way or another. Like lightning will strike and hit that person or God will get them. Or in some way or another, somebody is going to get some kind of bad karma if they uh, like mess with God. And in some ways, that brings us a little bit of peace. And maybe we don't like take it to the extent of hurricanes or natural disasters. But there's many times we have this thinking where we look to God and say, God, level the playing field. Make it fair. I do not want to live in a world where some people get ahead doing it the wrong way. I want fairness. Fairness is what I want. And so we look to God for that. But Jesus shows up in this story and establishes a whole different picture of fairness. And it's really a frustrating story, right? And I think Jesus does it on purpose. He intentionally gives us that moment where you stop and if you put yourself in the shoes of the people who, are, who work the entire day, 12-hour day, and they show up to get paid... And they're paid the same amount as somebody that just showed up an hour later. All the HR directors and um, union bosses are rolling around and are furious at this moment, right? This is not equitable pay structure. This is not a fair working environment, right? Um, and this is, this is a legitimate complaint. And this is something that these people are looking at and saying... That doesn't make sense. I showed up at 6. They showed up at 5. We're getting paid the same amount. I want you to do this at home with your kids just for fun. Okay? Just do it at home with your kids. See how it works out. See if they have the same response. Just like, like if there's a big mess, just a giant mess to clean up. Okay? Have like one of your kids come and work and clean it all up. And right as they're about to finish, have one of your other kids say, hey, can you help them out? Have them pick up one thing and say, thanks, you both did that. You get an allowance or you get an reward for that. There will be, there will be some outcry, right, in your home. Because immediately we all recognize this story is unfair. It's completely unfair, Right? And Jesus responds, and he gives us this story to paint a picture of the kingdom of heaven. And quite frankly, I don't like it. It's kind of frustrating. I, okay, I'm going to tell you my resume a little bit here. Are you, are you ready? I'm a church kid, okay? You got you to gotta understand, my dad, my father, is a pastor. Okay? Anybody, anybody else? Okay. Mom. All right. 
My father has started two churches. Okay? In my life, all right, I, I got a story to tell. 38 years ago in two days, my father preached on Sunday morning. I was born that morning at about 8 o'clock, and he preached at 11 o'clock that day. All right? He left the hospital, said, all right, we got that done, and went and preached a sermon. Okay? That was the day I was born. All right? That was by far. Okay, my history here. Okay? As far as our family was concerned, when we went on vacation, we would look up the church in the town, and my, and my parents would say, no, we're going to church this morning. I don't care if we're on vacation. And we'd show up to some random church in some town that we're, we didn't even know anybody about because we didn't miss church. Hang on. I got more. I got more for you. Are you ready for this? Our football team. Our football team made the championship game when I was about sixth grade. Okay. I was a starter on offense and defense because you know, we're talking about me here, okay? All right, and we're in the championship game. They had to postpone it from Saturday to Sunday because of weather. And we went to church that day. I brought my football gear with me, changed in the bathroom of the church, and we rushed out, and I made it about halfway through the first quarter. And we played the Still made it to church on the championship Sunday. I have a resume. And that's kind of the way that sometimes we look at it. Right? I have put in my work. Are you kidding me? I've done this my whole life. I should get a, just, just a little bit more credit, right? I should just get a little bit more, okay? I mean, I appreciate all of you, but my goodness, that's a lot of stinking Sundays, 38 years and two days of Sundays. Um, and this is sometimes what we do. We look at God and we say, are you kidding me? This is unfair. And there is a truth that we all need to embrace. That talent, money, notoriety, height, I know that, uh, family stability, country of birth, health, tragedy, and even lifespan, all of these things are not equally distributed. Okay? All of them. All of these things. Talent, money, notoriety, height. I threw that one in for me. 5'7". Family stability, country of birth, health, tragedy, lifespan. All of these things are not evenly distributed. And many times we want to look at God and say, why, God, it's not fair. It's not fair. But Jesus replies, my kingdom is not of this world. Sometimes the first will be last, and the last will be first. And so, essentially, Jesus flips the script around. And the one thing that he, he communicates to us is that there are so many things in this life that are not evenly distributed. And interestingly enough, we look to God for fairness in a lot of these other things. And we say, God, unfair. And God flips it and he says, there is one thing that is free, available to all, 
and is the great leveler of all of the of human the human race. The one thing that levels the playing field for all, and it's this, my grace. The grace of God is completely and totally levels it all. And you think and you worry and you look at the world and you say, God, it is not fair. And God says this, everyone can come and have a relationship with me. You see the story of the worker in the vineyard going out and calling people. It's quite possible some of the people that hung out at five, maybe, maybe they hadn't even gotten up by the time uh, the, the worker was out there calling those people. But he keeps going out, and he keeps going out, and he keeps going out, and he's offering and saying, come, come with me, come and follow me, come and work with me, and there will be a reward. Come and do all of these things. So even though this story is really frustrating and kind of bothersome to our world and our kingdoms that we are all establishing, we're working hard, we're doing things, we're doing things the right way, and that, don't stop doing those. We understand that there's more to the story than that, that God says, you will reap what you sow. So do what is right and don't grow tired of doing good. The scripture always balances that out. But what it does say is hold on a little bit. As you go out there and conquer the world and talk about your great accomplishments. And as you're kind of like, you know, saying your resume and explaining what you have done. You need to, you need to pump the brakes a little bit. Okay, you need to calm down, you know, big shot and realize this is God's world. And the only hope that you have is by a free gift from your creator. The grace of God that you are saved. And so Jesus in this in the middle of all this is 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 flipping things upside down and trying to give us a different perspective in life. In Ephesians 2, it says this. For it is by grace you've been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Frustrating. I got a, man, I got, I got stories to tell about Sundays uh, in church. The real stories we have to tell is... I am a sinner. And I have run away from God many times in my life and have done things that I know are directly against what God would want in my life. And by the grace of God, God forgives me and welcomes me. And it is by God's grace that I'm saved. And the way that we should boast is to praise and thank God for the life that he gave us and the shot that he gave us. Because it's all his. The kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, sometimes the first will be last. 
and the last will be first. Will you pray with me? God, today we have to admit that there's times we, we cry out to you and we say, that's not fair. God, I think through all these stories, you give us a really different reality from what we're used to. From all the other things that we think about and focus on. God, you remind us what's important. You remind us what's valuable. And in your loving way, you demonstrate to us what real fairness is all about. That if life was fair, we would face the weight and the consequence of our sin. That we know that the wages of sin is death. But it's through your gift, through your grace, that we're saved. So that nobody can boast. We can't say that we've done it on our own. God, it's only because of your love, because of your grace. And so, God, we are so thankful today that you don't treat us fairly. Because we know that if you treated us fairly, that we would be hopeless. That we would be lost. God, I thank you that your kingdom does not work on fairness, but instead, you're generous. And you keep going out and you keep calling each and every one of us. And you keep going out and saying, come. Come follow me. And so God, we are overwhelmed and so grateful and thankful. That your kingdom is not of this world. I want you to take a moment to pray on your own. And hopefully you're 
attitude and your thoughts are similar to mine, that it's just kind of filled with gratitude and thankfulness. If there's been times where you've cried and said, God, that's not fair. Maybe you need to rethink kind of the way that you view the world. And you need to realize God is giving us a gift that is completely undeserved. The offer of eternal life, of forgiveness. So if you get caught up in some of the things that sometimes I get caught up in, comparing my good deeds or kind of writing my own resume in my head, say, God, I'm sorry. It's pretty silly. I need to slow down a little bit and just simply say thank you. And if there's been times where you've kind of run away from this and maybe even got mad at God because you said, life isn't fair. I'm not quite sure about all this. Recognize and realize you have a God that is coming after you, that keeps pursuing and keeps coming out and keeps giving you opportunities to respond to him time and time again, even when maybe you slept in. Maybe you ignored God's voice. Maybe you just didn't care. God keeps coming after you. And he keeps offering you and saying, come. Come follow me. I'll give you what is, I'll give you a reward if you follow me. Come. Hear God's voice. Respond to him and say, God, thank you. I want your forgiveness. I want you in my life. Take a moment right now to offer those prayers to God. God, hear our prayers. Forgive us of our sin. God, we are sorry for sometimes boasting about silly accomplishments. Instead, we boast in the fact that we have found our Savior. We found forgiveness. We boast about you and what you have done. So God, I just confess right now, I'm a sinner and I need you. Forgive me. Come into my life. Fill me up. Help me to follow you. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we gather around this table again as another symbol of something that is completely and totally unfair. That Christ came to earth to be the ultimate sacrifice for us. So Jesus, as he gathered with his disciples, he took the bread, he broke it and said, this is my body, 
broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. He took the cup, said, this is my blood shed for you. Take and drink. And when we confess our sins and when we faithfully come forward and say, God, I accept your free gift. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. This is fairness in the kingdom of heaven. The perfect God of the universe coming on our behalf and paying the price for our sins. God, we thank you for your grace. If you'd like to come, you may come. Do so with a humble heart. Do so with an expectation and a thought behind it saying, God, I am sorry. Thank you for what you've done. If you'd like to come, you may come. We'll be right here in the aisle.